Hello and welcome to the Success Secret Podcast with Ross Hussain Talib. I am excited to introduce you to a series of conversations with some of the most successful and inspiring individuals from various industries. My aim is to dive into the stories behind their success and explore the knowledge, strategies, habits, mindsets and wisdom that have propelled their success. Each episode of the Success Secret Podcast will feature a different guest who will share their unique journey, the challenges they faced, and the lessons they have learned along the way. I will also be covering topics from entrepreneurship and innovation to leadership and personal development. Whether you are an inspiring entrepreneur, a seasoned business professional, or just someone looking to improve your life, the Success Secret Podcast is for you. My goal is to bring you valuable insights and inspiration that will help you achieve your own success in business and life. So get ready to learn and be inspired. The Success Secret Podcast starts now. Hello and welcome Success Secret Nation to this episode of the Success Secret Podcast. In this episode, we are going to be talking about your freedom day and how to reach it. We are going to be talking about how to create multiple streams of income or businesses, how to reach your own freedom. My guest in this episode, Jeff Kekel, has been in the finance business for over 25 years doing personal and business owner financial planning, wealth management, and exit strategy planning. Jeff has gone on to help clients reach their freedom day by teaching them how to invest, build side incomes and businesses, and invest in real estate. Jeff is a published author of six books on topics ranging from personal finance, estate planning, and entrepreneurship, and marketing. Jeff, welcome to the Success Secret Podcast. Welcome. Uh, thanks. I'm glad to be on. Awesome to have you here, Jeff. So, Jeff, first of all, so this is the Success Secret podcast. Mm-hmm. I want you to tell the Success Secret Nation and whoever he- hearing this, what is your own definition of success, and what would you say to people that have other opinion, other opinions and misconceptions in regards to the success and its definition. I don't value success from the the aspect of monetary success. I mean, Mm. monetary success can come. I think being successful is just, it's more than that. It's, it's who the person is. Um, You know, even if you're successful, you should continue to strive to improve your knowledge level, um, to help your community, to improve your fitness, you know, to what, whatever spiritually you do, you know, from that aspect all of those things help you to become successful and you have to be well-rounded. Your relationships have to be well-rounded. And, you know, once, once you get to that point where you've worked on all of those things and you can balance them out, that's when I really think you're successful. That's important. It's not just like always about the monetary things that happens in life. So, okay. So now you do multiple things. You have six books, you Mm -hmm. help people entrepreneurship, real estate and marketing and personal finance. So these actually, these things, especially marketing, entrepreneurship, and personal finance, these things that any business owner, I like, I assume they should know about at least a little yeah. bit, right? So now, in regards to people who would think that they want to start their business to reach their freedom, like when we say freedom, mm-hmm. it could be also about money. It could be also about the time that whatever, wherever, or whenever they want to go or be, that's mm-hmm. freedom, right? So now. Yeah. In your own words, what is freedom to you in regards to that sense that you are uh, the the concept of the freedom uh, day method? Well, so 
you know, my, my journey really started, I, I spent almost 20 years working for other people. Um, and, you know, during that time period, I was, I was happy at times. I was not happy at times, but there was always a point in my life where I said, you know, I, I don't want to get up and have to go to an office every day. So, you know, as I started to look at my journey, you know, about 10 years ago, I actually, I, I decided to quit my job. I had already started to look at, I had written my first book. I was looking for a way to market it. And I listened to a podcast called Entrepreneur on Fire. Mm. Uh, it was a gentleman named John Lee Dumas. Uh, at that time, John was running, you know, a weekly pod, or he was basically running a daily podcast, seven days a week. He was interviewing all these people and a lot of people that were like at the very beginnings of, you know, really building empires over time. And so I started listening to all those and I started realizing, oh my gosh, you know, all these people are, they're successful. I can be successful. They're no smarter than I am. And that's where I really started to look at, okay, how was I going to gain, you know, my freedom? And, and at that time, I, I thought of it really as just financial freedom. How was I going to get to my financial freedom? Well, over, over the years, as I started to build the concepts of Freedom Day, I realized there's really three distinct freedoms that we have. The first, you, you mentioned two of them already. So time freedom, the ability to do things when we want, how we want. So that was really the first freedom I ever had was I went from being an employee who was told to be where I was at. You know, I, I had a lot of autonomy and freedom with my last job, but I still had to go into the office two or three times a week. I didn't have any choice about that. You know, I would go in there, sit there for a few hours and then go off to a networking meeting but I was still being told to do that. So, you know, March 1st, 2016 was my first freedom day when it came to time. On that day, I quit my job, started my businesses. And from that point on, I've always had the option to be able to be where I want, when I want, you know, work from wherever I want. Um, then, you know, I started to look at, well, financial freedom, that's the important thing. And that took more work. It took the growth of businesses. So, you know, I initially launched a co-working space and a financial practice. Uh, one, one, I couldn't stay with my old firm because they wouldn't let me start the co-working spaces. So I started two completely separate businesses at the exact same time. Big mistake. I did no plan uh, really for what the future was going to be like. I just wanted out. Um, I hated the job that I had and I was willing to just figure it out. And, you know, it went for seven, eight years of struggles and success and COVID and all these things that happened during that time period. But in the end, July 1st of 2022, I received my Freedom Day when it came to finance. And that was the day basically that my business partner said, you know what? you're kind of going down this path with Freedom Day. We're, you know, we're trying to be more of a traditional wealth management practice. Why don't you go do that? I'll buy you out of the business. I want to own the whole company, which I was like, okay, fine. It was a little bit of a shock at the beginning, but in the end, it was the best thing that ever happened because it made me go, okay, cool. Now I can go down this path of Freedom Day. 
Um, but at the beginning, I was a little kind of wonked out because I'm like, okay, this is my primary source of income. What am I going to do? You know, I love what I do for a living. How am I going to do all this? And that really led me to actually the best thing that happened was I got the, uh, I, I had won a trip, uh, from one of our vendors and I was, I got to go on this trip. My wife couldn't go. So I had four days in this place called Ojai, California, probably the most beautiful place I've ever been. And I had four days to just think. And during that time period, one of the speakers at the event uh, was a guy named Ben Nemetin. And Ben uh, wrote a book called The Freedom Day, or he, he wrote a book called The Bucketless Journal. And so they gave us one when we went to the event. And I, was, I didn't have anything better to do. So I just spent four days literally either in my room or out, you know, kind of around the property, just writing a bucket list down. And I came to the realization that that was the missing piece all along for helping people get to retirement because people would start saving for retirement there. You know, it might be 30, 40 years away and they get, you know, life gets in the way during that time period and they lose sight of what retirement's going to be and everything else. And they just stop sometimes stop saving or don't save enough because life gets in the way. Yeah. And I realized that you could use that bucket list as a vehicle to reward yourself along the way and kind of change your mindset, uh, your, your relationship with money and saving. Yeah. So those, you know, three distinct things. So I, I'd say time, you know, freedom of, of finance or money, and the last one is what I call freedom of intention, living intentionally. And that's where that bucket list comes in of using that to be an intentional thing. Yeah, that's very important. Like if, if you have money and you have time, but you don't have, let's say, the intentions of what you yeah. actually that you want to do. It's, it, it could be like kind of maybe useless to you. But mm -hmm. at the same time, like also I mentioned that when you started your business, to other point, like you started two businesses at the same time. Mm -hmm. So when you started business, when you went into business, how did you feel? Did you feel that uh, I will be going through tough times and I will get through that and I will succeed? Or did you fear that it might not be a success or these kind of things? And why did you go into two businesses at the same time? And like you mentioned, it's a big mistake. Yeah. Why did well, that happen? Um, well, I mean, part of it was I'm, I'm in the financial industry. And so we have to have, you know, if I was working for somebody else, I would have to have approval from my old boss to be able to start a business outside because we, we have to report any outside business activities. Well, they were not going to improve me to, to start a business outside. So I was like, okay, well, I, I'm going to have to leave my firm where I'm at here to be able to start the co-working space that I started. Um, and, you know, of course, when I left there, then I was out of a job and needed, I wanted to stay in the financial industry. So I, I kind of had to start two at the same time. I would not recommend it for anyone. And, and quite frankly, I wouldn't recommend quitting your job until you build up those little side funds at that point. And, you know, and that's where, what people, you know, when I teach the Freedom Day method now, which is the, it's basically the culmination of eight years of disaster and mistakes and issues that I created for myself. I just 
kind of shortcutted that process by taking some of that out of the process. So, I mean, if I, if I can, I'll, I'll share with you what the steps of the Freedom Day method are, and then we can get into a little bit different. Um, so, you know, the first step in the process, when, when I sit down with somebody or out of the book that I've written or out of, you know, a training program that I do, the first thing they've got to do is they've got to get, they've got to understand where they are today. So we, we do a budget. Uh, there's multiple different types and styles of budgeting. Uh, the one that I typically recommend for people in our world is what's called the 50, 30, 20 method, which is 50% of your money goes towards essentials. 30% goes towards discretionary spending. And then 20% goes towards savings. Um, and we use that savings as our vehicle to get ourselves to the eventual freedom day. Now, savings alone isn't going to get you there. So then the second step in the process is we look at their debt. So if they are carrying debt, you know, school debt, all that, we break it down into the two categories. So what's bad debt, you know, car debt, credit cards, all that type of stuff. We're going to attack that first. Uh, then good debt, may I'd, I'd call school debt a maybe there. Um, and I would call mortgage debt a good debt. You know, it's mm -hmm. a debt that puts a roof over your head. Theoretically, school debt, it educates you, but it should be attacked kind of along with the bad debt. <laughs> so, <laughs> and we use a very simple debt snowball at that point. So you put, you know, your smallest debt at the top of the list, go all the way down to the biggest one, figure out what your minimum payments are, and then figure out from your budget what you have left over that you can use to attack the debt. And we attack that debt. We start with the first one, get rid of it, take whatever we were putting towards that, towards the next one, boom, 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 boom. It's, it's a behavioral psychology way of making you get it done because you see things happening. So we go through that. Then what we talk about is we have people do a bucket list and there's 10 categories in a bucket list and I'll, I won't go into detail but it's, it's a very holistic approach. Most people think of a bucket list as, oh, well, here's all these places I want to travel. Well, that's fine, but there's other things that are out there and there's things that don't necessarily cost anything mm. or they might cost a very small amount of money. Maybe I need, you know, one of my things on my bucket list was I wanted to be able to play one of my favorite songs on the guitar. Well, I had to have a guitar. So I, you know, I used part of my income, part of my passive income that I have to buy a guitar so that I could do that and pay for some lessons to learn, you know, that way. Once you have your bucket list, I tell people to pick about four to six items that they could knock off in the next six months, okay? And put a price tag by those. Then we wanna start retraining their brain. Now, if you're an employee, you're used to what? I go into work every week, I work for 40 hours or whatever it is, and somebody writes me a paycheck. So that's, an, that's a mindset that people have. I, I trade my time for money. What I want them to do is start to retrain their brain and they start to think, okay, here's this thing that I want. I either can't afford it in, in the paycheck mindset, I can't afford it, or I could buy that on a credit card and then I'll pay it off over time. What I want people to start retraining their brain to do is now say, okay, how can I afford that? 
How can I afford that? Well, there's tons of different ways. There's tons of different ways that you can make $100 a day or $200 a day or $1,000 a month. Um, you can literally go on to Google and Google how to make $1,000 a month. And you'll get a whole bunch of different ideas. Consulting, you can go on Upwork if you have got special talents and do that. I did this early on when my businesses were struggling. I'm good at writing business plans. So what did I do? I went on to Upwork.com. I put, put it out there. Hey, I do business plans. And I, I was doing them super cheap so that I could get the business. And, you know, it was a great way to make a couple thousand bucks a month when when money wasn't rolling in at the very beginning of my businesses. Mm -hmm. So I, I looked at how I could afford that. Yeah. Make sense? Yeah, of course, it does make sense. But I want to go back a little bit to the bucket list. So do you think yeah. the bucket list is very important to have? Like you mentioned, this bucket list could have certain things. It might have certain things that might be hobby wise maybe like you mentioned maybe this is an example that you mentioned mm. but is but is that something that you actually encourage people to have absolutely absolutely why i is, it's absolutely yeah. it's absolutely critical because what i realized and and i've seen this time and time and time again you know i work with a lot of very successful people who successfully i mean they made a lot of money they tended not to spend a whole lot and they saved a ton and they were successful. They built their retirement dream. Uh, they have a bunch of assets that they could turn into an income stream. The problem is there's a massive amount of people that aren't making it. There's a massive amount of people that maybe made a decent amount of money in their life, but they didn't save enough. They didn't create any other kind of sources of income coming in. So they get to the end and they only have a couple hundred thousand dollars left and all of a sudden they realize, oh, geez, I'm not going to be able to, to retire. Well, if we can keep them kind of along those lines of thinking about how do I afford this? How do I afford this? How do I afford this? So we use that bucket list. You pick those five or six items and then figure out, okay, what can I do to pay for that item? So let me give you an example in my own life. Now, I sold my business. I have more than enough income to live on. I, I, if I didn't want to get up and go to work every day, I wouldn't have to. I love what I do. And I live the strategy that I created. So when I looked at my bucket list, I realized that there were 12 items on my bucket list that were planes, trains, or automobiles. So I knew I was going to go and drive a Lamborghini at the F1 track here in Austin, where I live. Um, I knew that I wanted to fly on a World War II bomber. Um, I knew that I wanted to ride on this very famous train that, you know, and, and when I analyzed it, I realized all those things cost about four to $500. And I came to the realization, well, what if I just did one of those a month all I have to do is really create $500 of recurring income that I could do that with. Well, you know, I could have paid for it out of pocket, but I decided I wasn't going to do that. And I wanted to play the game myself. So what did I do? I went out and I created a, basically a training course on Freedom Day. And I marketed that training course on Freedom Day through my podcast and all the other things that I do. Well, that 
very quickly started to generate five to six, $700 a month. And I just took that money and applied it towards my little goal of planes, trains, and automobiles. Uh, my first one ever, which was one that I didn't have on my list, was I went, I was in London on a vacation and I looked around for, hey, is there someplace I can drive some kind of a really fast car? And I ended up going to uh, Silverstone Raceway, which is the F1 track, and driving the James Bond car, the Aston Martin. Um, around the track. Amazing. It even cost yeah. me less than my $400 or $500 budget, but it's an experience. It's an amazing experience. And then when I finish this year of doing all these things, I still am going to have five to $600 a month or more that's coming in. Well, what am I going to do with that? Well, then I will take that money and I will use that to buy. I'll either use it for other bucket list items, or I'll use that I'll kind of amass it up and then I'll use it to buy some type of an asset that generates passive income mm. that I don't have to do anything to. Um, typically that would be real estate for me. Um, I have six other businesses, so I might invest in another business at that point. There's a multitude of things I could do, but that's that transition. Once people have figured out how to pay for something, then once they're done paying for that, I want them to then start to think about, okay, how do I use that same mindset now to buy an asset that creates passive income? Yeah, that's very important. Like, and it's also that like you are talking about here, all the experiences that you have, because this can like flip your mood if you're like always working, 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 yep. always thinking too much. It might, re you, you, I don't know, maybe they, so yeah. our head will explode. I don't know. So we, yeah. <laughs> we well, need but I, you know, and, and I mean, yeah, when I did the, when I did my bucket list, I mean, there was a whole relationships thing that was part of that, you know, and one of the things, I mean, my wife and I actually work together. Uh, she runs our co-working spaces and, you know, my businesses are based out of there. So, Theoretically, yes, we see each other all day long, but we really don't spend that much time together. Everybody thinks that, oh, it's horrible working with your spouse. And I'm like, I don't even see her half the time. I mean, I physically see her, but I, we don't, it's not like we hang out uh, <laughs> during the day. And one of the things on my bucket list was I wanted to kind of repair our relationship a little bit because we'd, we'd kind of just been, you know, I especially had been blowing and going and really wasn't thinking about her as much. And so, you know, part of this bucket list journal was I wanted to help our relationship a bit. So one of the things we changed was every Friday, we either work a half day or we take the whole day off on Friday. Mm -hmm. But regardless of what we do, every Friday morning, we go out to breakfast together mm -hmm. and we spend an hour, just her and I, that's our time to just hang out and maybe we talk business, but you know, other than that, it's just our time to be together. Now, yeah, it costs money to go eat, but we have to eat anyhow. The, the whole focus of that is we've built our, our relationship much, much, much stronger as a result of this and really spending, you know, let's call it the last eight months doing this has really incredibly improved our relationship. Yeah, that's important. Okay, so now we reach mm -hmm. the step number three, I guess. So after yep. the bucket list, what we were talking about? What, what well, bucket list, then, we've, then we want to retrain our brain. 
So that's that's the find a, an active source of income that you can do, you know, sell sell your expertise and generate income so that you can do your bucket list. Once you're kind of once you've retrained your brain, then we start to transition to looking for passive investment or passive, you know, income. So there's basically four ways of passive income. You can buy a business, so franchise, buy an existing business that's out there. Um, you can start a business. I mean, there's a multitude of different types of businesses you can start. Um, I've never bought an existing business. I've always started them from ground zero, mainly because I'm a little weird that way. But for me, that's fun. I enjoy starting with absolute zero. If you looked at my career working for other people, I did that most of my career. So for me, it's very comfortable to just walk into something and say, okay, let me just think about what it's going to look like and do it. Um, the other is real estate. And there is a multitude of different ways to do real estate. And there are ways to do real estate. If you have no money at all, there's lots of ways. So what I would do is educate myself on that. Um, I had been doing that for years uh, as we were going, as we were building our businesses, I was doing some real estate investing. But when when I you know kind of had that gift that was given to me by my business partner, I literally I absorbed every piece of information I could find on real estate. And I really it it changed the way I was investing in real estate. It's improved the situation that I've had. You know, I've improved my passive income through real estate. But you know, it's it's time you have to take the time to educate yourself on yeah, that. Yeah, you, you can't just go into any type of business without at least knowing the basics, maybe. Yeah. Like you need well, to, and, uh, yeah. because it wouldn't be feasible. Like you will, if you have money and you put into money into it, you you will probably lose it quickly. Absolutely. You have, to have the basics at the minimum, bare minimum, I assume. Yeah. And I mean, you know, if you're going to start a business or you're going to buy a franchise or whatever, first off, the most important thing is you should always go into that. And I tell my exit planning clients this, you should always go into your business from the very beginning. And if you didn't, you need to start today looking at how can I make myself as irrelevant in my business as I possibly can. Mm. I want to be a business owner. I don't want to be a business operator. Mm. I don't want to be the guy out there that's working my butt off constantly. You know, I, I am sitting here today doing this interview with you. I spent most of the morning recording videos for my, uh, my YouTube channel and recording podcast episodes and all the people that work for me are still working today. Although it was a half day, it's holiday weekend, but they were working. So money was coming in while I was sitting here doing this and while I'm sitting here talking to you. So I, you know, that was a hard part for me. And that took me about six to seven years to figure out because I'm a little hard headed and I, I'm one of these guys that doesn't like to lose control. I've had to force myself to do that. Um, you know, I can edit videos. I, I can do those videos and I could edit them, but I've actually spent most of this week because I knew I was ramping up my video production. I spent most of this week hiring some people that are video editors. Yeah, it's going to cost me money, but it costs me less for them to do it than it does for me to do it myself. You yeah. know, my, my billing, my, you know, I, I bill at about 250 an hour. That's, you know, if it ain't 250 an hour, 
that uh, that they're charging me for that. I need to be shifting it off to them to do this and let them work while I'm focused on on creating content or being out there or visualizing what my business is. Yeah, that's important. Like you're buying time for money, I assume, right? Yep. You Absolutely. Have time you can replace what you can do with something more important with more higher value. That's very mm-hmm. important. Like a lot of a lot whether it's you can hire an actual person or now with with a lot of technologies and the AI coming up, you can maybe automate some of the things that uh, mm-hmm. you are able to automate, for example. Well, you know, it's funny. I used to pay people, you know, I used to pay writers to write for or, you know write articles for me on my blogs well then a few months ago i got introduced to chat gpt and I, I i love to write i just don't have the time always to do it and i started learning how to use chat gpt in my business my production as far as video on you know blogs all that type of stuff has gone off the charts because i i utilize that technology now to you know kind of improve my life create more content the more content that's out there the easier it is for people to find me and you know for me the freedom day concepts they're my unique thing i didn't take something from somebody else you know it's similar to the fire movement but it's not you know it's not similar it's not the same as the fire movement so although there's similarities i have my own unique terminology and my own unique process and there's nothing out there that is available on this yet. So it's really me who's creating these concepts. And, you know, what I learned through ChatGPT is how to train it to actually generate, you know, information, generate a blog article written kind of in my language and using my terminology. So, you know, those things I think are amazing. And they're, they're ways that, you know, I think if somebody was sitting out there today, and they wanted to learn how to make a little bit of money quick, I'd learn how to use ChatGPT and then go market my services to a lot of other business owners that don't have the time to do some of this stuff. And they'll be willing to pay you. They'll be willing to pay you to do a blog article for them that's SEO optimized, which you can bang out in probably an hour of time. Um, so yeah, that, I mean, it's amazing important. yeah it's amazing yeah like a lot of people went to for there are a lot of services but for example a lot of people went to chat gpt because it's like basically free you can do everything for free and mm-hmm. so there is they introduced the the premium model i assume but mm-hmm. it's still free not like other places and mm-hmm. a lot of people would say yeah i would join and try it but other mm-hmm. people would say like i don't want to keep keep me away from more important things. So I would hire some mm-hmm. other people who do the work for me. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, that, you know, those are ways. And then, you know, the final step really of the process as far as getting to Freedom Day. So that's really, Freedom Day is that that moment where you have what's what I call a work optional lifestyle. You wake up one morning and you have a work optional lifestyle. So how do we figure that out? Well, back, if you remember, we started talking about budgeting way early on. Well, when we do a budget, one of the things we want to identify in that budget is what I call MRI, minimum required income. Mm. And that MRI is really what it takes you to run your life. You know, it's not the extravagant things, but it's the basics that takes to run your life. So when we get to this point and we're generating passive income, once we can create 
125% of our MRI, our minimum required income, you're free. The day that that happens, that's your freedom day. You woke up in the morning and if you choose not to go to work that day, you don't have to. Mm. Now, the question I get asked a lot is, well, but I love what I do for a living or I love my job. I mean, I did too. Um, you know, do I have to quit my job? And and the answer is no, you don't have to. <laughs> this I mean, is a personal you... choice. It's not like you are going yeah. to answer that for yeah. the personal choice if you want to do that or not. But it's interesting that you have this, uh, you reach this like 125% of the, for example, of the monthly earnings or the monthly yeah, MRI. Yeah. 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 So, so that, yeah. yeah, that was the right number because it gives you enough little, it gives you enough wiggle room in there that you're not just earning, you know, exactly what you need to live on. Um, and it covers a little bit of taxes and everything else. But, you know, now all of a sudden you have reached a point where, you know, life is different. You're not tied to a nine to five schedule anymore. You're not tied to really any, any location. Uh, you actually have some wiggle well you you have some negotiation ability with your boss at that point because you could basically if they love you and they want to keep you around they're going to have to be flexible as far as your work you know your work times where, where you work whether you work virtually or you know in person um it, it gives you a lot of flexibility okay. and your lifestyle begins to change as a result i know mine did uh, my lifestyle, you know, I, I basically went to, I had gone to a a, um, a speech by a gentleman that uh, kind of, he he's who I wanted to be when I grew up. And he was talking about the concept of, you know, he's like, I, I own a bunch of businesses. I think he owns 13 at this point. He's originally from Australia, moved to the United States. And he's like, I own 13 businesses. So Monday and Tuesday, I meet with the different unit, you know, people that run the different businesses I have. We do a little check-in, make sure everything's going okay, figure out what I can do to help them if they need it. And he said, you know, Wednesday, so Monday, Tuesday, he does that. Wednesday, he does content. So he just spends the whole day putting out content. And then he said, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, I hang out with my kids. And I was like, that is awesome. So I, I couldn't quite do that because I have financial clients and I have to meet with them. So I, I really wasn't able to completely do that yet. But, you know, for me, Mondays are my day. To, it's more of an admin day, trying to figure out what needs to get done for the week, maybe reaching out, setting appointments. Tuesday's my content day where I do podcasts and everything. Um, Wednesday... And Thursday are my client days. Those are days I do appointments. And usually half of Friday, I either take Friday off or I work half Friday. Mm. So that's my week, you know, so I don't even work a full 40 hour week. I'm way more productive today. Um, I've gotten a lot of the stuff off my plate that, you know, like I said, as a business owner, that's what holds us back is the more we hold on the more we operate the business, the less freedom we have. Yeah, that's so, it. yeah. You have, you have to delegate. You have to do some delegation here and there. But it's also yeah. important, like you mentioned, some people ask you, if I reach this certain amount of money, yeah. uh, should I quit my job or not? So 
these things related to each other. So some people like also in the bucket list like that you mentioned, mm. these things that, for example, could be certain hobbies that you do or people some like to write or, or teach other mm. people whatever it is that they want to teach. But some people might ask, I don't have anything. I don't know anything. I have mm. no passions. I have no skills. I have no hobbies. Yeah. So what should I, I do? Where should I what, start? What, I, what I tell people is, yeah, everybody has some kind of expertise that someone else wants to know about. Uh, just go on to YouTube and look at some of the goofy videos, the how-to videos on YouTube, and realize that those videos wouldn't exist and they wouldn't show up if someone didn't have an interest in them. So there's always, I don't care what it is that you, you have a passion about, the beauty of it is when you don't have to do things for money anymore, it's amazing how you, your brain kind of expands and you realize, and, and a lot of people have some kind of passion, you know, some people might say, well, Hey, I want to, I want to do more real estate. I mean, that was me. I said, I still want to help people with finances. I still want to continue to write, but I just keep looking at ways to expand my income sources. You know, that's, that's the big thing for me. And the more income sources I have, the less risk I take, first off, the businesses that I build and the income sources I build are all passive income sources. So even writing a book, you know, just think about it. Okay, so the Freedom Day book took me about eight, eight to nine months to write. I will say like actual in-seat writing, maybe six to eight weeks. It'll take time to edit the book, then get it typeset, and then you start to market it. Well, once you start to market the book, I, I don't have to do anything anymore. It's something that's out there that's working for me. And as long as I market it correctly, it's going to be selling lots of copies of this book because it's a book that I would say 90% of people that are out there could use because they don't really have a path or a strategy beyond the old traditional way, which is you know work for 40 years, save a ton of money, um, downsize your house, put on black socks and sandals and take a cruise per year. Not everybody wants that. And they don't want to wait 40 years to do it. A lot of people want to do it a lot sooner. Mm -hmm. And Freedom Day is Freedom Day can be had as quickly as you as you figure this out and build these you know other streams of income, build those passive sources of income. Mm -hmm. uh, it can happen very quickly. It could take 20 years to get to. Who knows? It took me eight. From start to finish, it took me eight years to get to my freedom day. Mm. Um, you know, and and I'm I'm not going to stop building sources of income. It just gave me more time to focus on that. Yeah. I mean, it was literally I got paid for the first six months just to read books and and learn stuff uh, to figure out what I wanted to do. That's important. <laughs> like people need to realize anyone like sometimes things take time, so you have to be consistent. Mm -hmm. doing your thing, trying to learn skills and delegate if you can. So yep. in, these, in this regards, what do you think are the most important skills for a business owner or entrepreneur? Mm. Well, the, the skills for them, first off, you've got to, it's what, I, it's what I call owner centricity. So you've got to do an analysis of your business. And, and basically what I would do, I mean, this is what I do with business owners when, we, when they engage with me. We write down all the functions of a business, marketing, finance, um, you know, operations, blah, 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 all the way down the list. And then I walk them through, okay, 
Who's responsible for that in your business? Well, that's me. Okay. Well, who's responsible for this? Uh, well, that's me. Okay. Who's your backup? Uh, I don't really have one. Okay. That's a problem. And once we walk through that, and, and the spreadsheet I used for this, it was created by somebody else, but the spreadsheet I use when, when, when they're the owner and there's no backup, it flashes red basically on that spreadsheet. And it's, a, it's an instant reminder to that business owner, oh crap, I need to start figuring out first off, okay, I might be the primary right now, but maybe I need to have a primary and then I might be the backup. Uh, can I hire a contractor? So maybe I don't need to hire a full-time employee, but I can hire a bookkeeper to handle the books. You know, if I do my own taxes, could I hire a CPA to do that? And I'm the backup plan. Mm -hmm. All of those things. So they need to start stepping out of that business first. The other part is they need to analyze their income that's coming in from the business and look at other ways. You know, do a mind map exercise and say, okay, so this is what my business does. What other ways could I deliver this information to, or could I deliver my services to people? Well, let's say there's a, you know, there's a certain amount of people that come to my business that are just not really good clients for me. I, I did this in my own business. There's a lot of people that come to me that aren't really ready for me to work with them on a one-to-one -one basis because I'm expensive to do that. So I created a course that takes them through a, a kind of a DIY version of the Freedom Day method. So it walks them through step by step by step. And I'm on camera, I'm taking them through exercises and everything else, just like I would be if I was sitting in front of them. But the difference is I can, that multiplies my efforts. So that's another income source coming in. The book is another income source. Um, if I did decide to do, um, you know, like a week, a long weekend, you know, event or something like that, that's another way of people getting a little bit more touch with me and can ask me questions personally, but I'm not working with them on a long-term basis. So, you know, just in my business, that alone, well, you know, I also write a blog and, and we write that to drive people one into our business and, and create income. Well, I take those blogs and I turn those into YouTube stuff. I turn them into um, I turn them into YouTube shorts or I put them on Instagram or whatever, all with the purpose of finding little places to generate income. In some cases, it's only a couple hundred dollars a month. Other cases, it's multiple thousands of dollars a month. Mm. But, you know, a lot of business owners get caught in their own head and, well, you know, I'm a plumber, so that's the only thing I could do. Well, yeah, you're a plumber, but could you do a YouTube channel that talks about basic plumbing things that you typically aren't going to go out and do? Here's some basic plumbing things that you can do. Well, that could start to generate interest. It can actually pay you. I mean, YouTube pays me every month for what I do in those cases. So yeah. all of those things, you know, that's what a business owner needs to be thinking about is, okay, how do I do all that? The other side is a business owner needs to understand what their exit strategy is. At some point, all of us are going to have to exit from our businesses. If it's a privately held business, a hundred percent of us are going to have to do something and it's either close the business down, sell it to, you know, an employee, sell it to a family member or sell it to a third party. So what's that exit going to be? And when do you want that to happen?
That's important. I cannot a lot of people think of that because you <laughs> actually want to grow, to start it and grow it. And you, like you mentioned, because of the multiple streams of income and these kind of things, you might have another project in your head that, for example, does not align with certain things that you are doing right now. So it will be distracting to have like basically two businesses, two main businesses, let's say. So mm -hmm. you want to focus more into the other one until the, 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 the first one. Yeah, this is important. Well, you know, in my businesses and the co-working side of things, you know, I, I came to the realization that I don't want to do that forever. Um, and and just renting to individuals, I didn't really want to do that because it's it's very economically sensitive. So, you know, we started to look at and this was kind of the exercise that I went through after I sold, you know, my first two businesses. I started to look at, okay, well, what can we do in this one? And I started looking at other revenue sources that we could diversify and then looking at, okay, what's our exit strategy, which is about five to seven years down the road. So that's our exit strategy from that business. But I, I saw an opportunity to generate some revenue from the real estate arm and really massively increase real estate income for that business. You know, I traditionally hadn't bought real estate in that business. So now we're looking at that. Well, that actually at some point could be separated out and I could sell off, you know, a part of the business. So mm. all of those things you need to be thinking about. And as a business owner, you need to be thinking about it sooner rather than later. Um, you know, when I work with a client, I really would prefer somebody that, you know, has got a seven to 10 year ramp where we can fix the problems that they have. There's a lot of financial strategies we can use that can actually build and, and de-risk their exit. Um, all of those things, you need to think about it and don't wait until the last second, you know, when, okay, I'm tired of this. I don't want to work anymore, or I want to, you know, I want to sell my business now. Okay, great. Well, if it's a terrible business, nobody wants to buy it. Mm, yeah, you don't have a plan for it. So you, you will have to, mm -hmm. you have to plan everything from the beginning till the end and beyond, I, I guess. Absolutely. Yeah. And a lot of, you know, a lot of the businesses that are being sold now or will be sold over the next 10 to 15 years are baby boomer businesses, mm. you know, and I mean, I'm, I'm Gen X. So, you know, I was, I was, I am the child of baby boomers. So I was taught to work really hard, you know, go to school, get a good job, work really hard. You know, and that's what we were was beaten into us. Well, the problem is the baby boomers and a lot of the businesses I deal with, I mean, they've got businesses where they're working 60 hours a week because they just, you know, they're not very efficient in their business and they don't integrate technology in, they don't look at their business and they they also are basically they own a job in a lot of cases. Well, nobody wants to buy that. You know, and so Gen X, Gen Y and, and millennials don't want to own that kind of business. They want to own a business where they don't have to do a whole lot of work uh, because they were taught to be more efficient with their time and, and sometimes lazy, but be more efficient with their time. Well, they're not going to buy a baby boomer business that's you know going to cause them to have to work 60, 70 hours a week. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you've got to start understanding who the potential sale is going to be to and start to look at how you adapt your business. And that doesn't happen overnight. It sometimes takes some time and, and money to get it to that point where you can sell your business. Yeah, definitely. Well, amazing conversation here, Jeff. 
uh, where can people can learn more about you, get in touch with you mm. so they can learn more about your Freedom Day method? Well, a couple things. Uh, so first off, uh, they can always find me at jeffkickle.com, J-E-F-F-K-I-K-E-L.com. Uh, that's my main website for me. Um, you also can go to www.freedomdaybook.com, which freedomdaybook.com is our companion uh, book website. It's everything that is Freedom Day in there. It connects you to our podcasts. It connects you to the book. You can buy the book from there. Um, you can actually get the first chapter for free from there. And um, that, like I said, those are the best places. Our, you know, our podcasts and, and YouTube channels are always great places to also just learn. Uh, we put out a ton of information from there. Awesome. Well, thank you, Jeff, for being here today with me on this episode of the Success Great Podcast. Really insightful, informative, and uh, a bit of a deep, deep dive into things, into like you give us like uh, a framework mm -hmm. in business. Thank you very much for being here today with me. All right, my friend. Thank you so much. And I appreciate you having me on the show.